Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking to the Word of a King. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding. Amen. Welcome back to the Word of a King podcast. I am your host, Chad Reese, and the co-host, Brother Brian Beam. And we're going to get right into part two of errors in the Bible. And before we do, just a couple opening comments and remarks, and I'll turn over Brother Brian here just a moment. But again, just to get us back into that thought of last podcast, if you did not listen or watch last podcast, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. What we did is we covered some apparent errors in the Bible. Obviously, let the cat out of the bag. You probably already know if you're watching this podcast, we don't believe there's a single error. We don't believe there's a single contradiction, but we do believe the word of God is written in such a manner. If you want to find one, you will find one. And we also talked last podcast about from the very beginning, Genesis chapter three, that the devil questioned the word of God, the parable of the sower, the seed, those fowls came and they took the word of God from their heart. And so the devil is in the business of questioning the word of God. The devil's in the business to steal the word of God from you. But we are in the business as preachers and ministers of the gospel to build up your faith in the word of God. So we pray that this podcast and last podcast and all these podcasts do that. And we're thankful that we can say, thus saith the Lord. And even when we don't know the answer, we know that there Mm -hmm. is an answer. So, Brother Brian, why don't you just by way of introduction, just give us some thoughts that kind of tie into this subject before we get into the first example. Hey, man, when you mentioned Genesis 3, he said, the devil said, you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And it was the tree of knowledge. Mm. Yeah. The word science means knowledge. Mm. Conscience, conscience means with knowledge. I believe the Christian is warned in 1 Timothy 6, he warns Paul about oppositions of science falsely so-called. So the devil will deceive people through science That's or right. knowledge. Mm. Do you know what the art of finding the best and the original Greek text and these people that say the King James has all these mistakes and all the Bibles have mistakes, but I will tell you what, you know what the art of that is? There's a name for it. Yeah. It's called textual criticism. Yeah. What what a name, but it's this, you know what else is called the science of textual. This is in their own literature, James White and people like that. The science of textual criticism. Yeah. It's called a science. Yeah. Beware of oppositions. They're opposing the King James Bible. Beware of oppositions of science, falsely so-called. Yeah. Also, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, even dividing the son of soul and spirit. It's a discerner yeah. of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, I don't mind giving Greek nuggets when it corrects the Greek people amen, who, amen. who attack my Bible. Right. The Greek word for discerner the Bible says that the Bible, the word of God is quick and powerful. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Greek word is kritikos, critic. Yeah. Textual criticism. 
So the Bible is a critic. The Bible is a critic. <laughs> yeah. The Bible discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. They, they're critics of the Bible. Any Bible. It's not just right. the King James. Don't, right. don't let them fool you. They think the NIV's got mistakes. The New American Standard has mistakes. Every Bible has mistakes. No Greek text is perfect. All the Greek texts have mistake. The only one who knows all the answers is them. The college professor or any Joe Blow who doesn't believe the King James Bible and thinks because he can go to a Strong's Concordance knows what he's talking about. That's called, they're critics. Yeah. They tell you what the Word of God should say. But in the Bible, this book is the critic. This yeah, book tells you what to say. It is the discerner. And a couple other things, Colossians 2, listen to this. Colossians 2, 8, beware, lest any man spoil you. Yeah. Paul warns about two things, through philosophy yeah. and vain deceit after tradition of men. You're warned about philosophy, that Greek word. Is a lover of wisdom. Phileo is love. Mm -hmm. Sophia is wisdom. A lover of wisdom. These people that will steal the word yeah. of God out of your heart, they're going to use philosophy. They're going to use tradition. Well, the oldest fathers and the oldest texts here yeah. and there and the Alexandrian texts is the more... They're going to use philosophy, tradition. They're critics who use science of textual criticism. Yeah. It's all right there what these right. critics are doing. And I just had a story that oh, go ahead. Dr. Ruckman told a story that kind of wraps all this up, and I'll be done. Dr. Ruckman told a story. He was, um, I think, Canton, Ohio area, years in, probably in the 70s or 80s. And there was a man in the church. He was, he was uh, preaching at this church just for the weekend. And the guy says he goes to this Malone College. It's a Bible college, but they, like most Christian colleges, they attack the Word of God, and the only pure Word of God is what they think. And he asked Dr. Ruckman, he said, would you go to, and talk to this Greek professor with me? He's heard of you, and he thinks... He attacks the King James Bible night and day, and I can't answer all his questions. And Dr. Ruckman says, yeah, I'll go with you. It'll just take a few minutes. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's got so many issues and so many problems, and he says the Texas Receptus, and the King James has all these verses that shouldn't be in there. And Doc's like, yeah, I'll just take a few minutes. He's like, no, no, it's not good. You'll see, you'll see. Just, right. just listen, you'll see. So Doc says, we go into this guy's house, and we sit down, and, you know, small talk for a few minutes about the weather and how you doing and what's your church like. And we're drinking coffee. So I asked him a question. I said, do you believe the King James Bible is the Word of God? Is, is that the Scripture? He's like, oh, no, of course I don't believe that. He's like, well, what do you believe is the Word of God? He goes, well, the Greek text, of course. And he's like, well, which Greek text is that? He goes, well, the best one, of course. And Dr. Ruckman says, well, you're talking about Nestle's Greek text? Well, of course, yeah, Nestle's Greek text. Dr. Ruckman says, you believe that? That's your authority? Yes, that's my authority. That's what you believe the Word of God is? Yes. Do you, well, do you believe in Nestle's where it says in John 1.18 where that Jesus Christ is a begotten God? Mm. And the professor says, well, no, 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 I don't believe that. I don't believe that part. I don't believe that. I believe that's a mistake. And Dr. Ruckman was like, okay, well, have a nice day. It was nice to meet you. And they went on their way. And the kid's just kind of sitting there in the car on the ride home. And then Dr. Ruckman says, he starts snapping his fingers and says, I got it. I got it. I got it. He thinks he's God. Yeah. And there it is. There it is. There's your answer. Oh, King James only. Show me King James in the Bible. I'll show you King James Bible a lot more quickly than you can show me what you believe in the Bible. Amen. And if it's not King James only, it's scholarship only. That's right. If you find mistakes in the King James, you can find them in any Greek text, any Greek yeah. manuscript, and all these professors and smarty pants who attack the King James Bible, they don't believe there's a book on the face of the earth that has the inspired, preserved words yeah. of God. They are their own 
own God. So if you don't believe this King James Bible or you believe you can find all the mistakes, you think you are God. The Bible is what you think it is. Yeah. You go to any Greek text and any Greek word and make it say whatever you want. You better watch that. That's, that's some dangerous ground. Yeah. But that's what I got on no, that. That's a wonderful <laughs> uh, segue introduction into showing these apparent um, contradictions in the Bible. And brother, you just kind of summarize and hit on some things we talked about last week about back there in the garden where the devil said, yea, hath God said. Yeah. And then he said, you can be as God's. Again, that's what these professors think. They yes. are the final authority. Yes. They are the God. That's it. And again, uh, Dr. Ruckman trained us there at PBI to three years of Greek, one year of Hebrew. Not that we needed it uh, to get closer to God or we needed to further. No, we have everything we need in the King James Bible. But as Brother Brian did, we use it yeah. as a weapon against them. Yep. And so that's why Brother Brian brings out some of these Greek points. Not that you need that to learn anything about God. Everything Amen. you know about God's in this English Bible. But, brethren, like Brother Brian and Dr. Ruckman and these that study uh, the Greek is to defend the King James Bible and use their own logic against them. Mm -hmm. And again, that whole thing about they have a science, they have a philosophy. And the Bible warns about that. Just yes. read one verse. I was thinking about it as you were talking. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. That's what these... Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> Colossians. Yeah, 1 Corinthians. No, you're good. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That's what these professors think. That's what these Greek scholars... They're the wise. Yeah. Oh, we are, we're just the peon. Yep. They have all the... the Nicolaitans. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, you know, they... they it's okay. They'll tell us what God's word means. But God says here in 1 Corinthians 1, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. There it is. It pleased God by the foolishness of amen <laughs> no no not amen <laughs> it pleased god by the foolishness of scholars education it pleased yeah. god by the foolishness of phd no it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching amen. to save them that believe god wants you simply believe his word yes and again that's the purpose of the word of a king podcast to build your faith up in the word of god listen brother good. you have a king james bible you have every word god wants you to have you're not missing one nope and you're, you're you don't need to take any way every word in this book from genesis revelation is god's words to you with that said i think it's mm. a great way to to give us uh, our next and the first for this podcast of an apparent contradiction or an error in the bible and brother brian you can start us off why don't you give us in uh, error in the Bible, or at least as we have clarified now, an apparent error, apparent yes. contradiction. <laughs> now this one, it's a pretty basic one here. Mark ten forty six, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. I was <laughs> thinking that Lester Olaf singing that. So he goes out of Jericho, and here's blind Bartimaeus. So the parallel account, Luke 18. And again, many of these are so similar. They're not contradictory. They're just given two different 
parts of the story and it's everyday conversation movies tv shows historical accounts all do the same thing it's just common reg- regular speech but when the bible does it it's a mistake right luke eighteen thirty five, and it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto jericho a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging and then 19 1 and jesus entered and passed through jericho so one he's going out of jericho the other one he's going in jericho so there's your contradiction we, uh, Mistake, get, let's give up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just put up your Bible. Forget about you know your sins being forgiven. Forget about your home in heaven. Forget about how the Bible's <laughs> predicting all these things that are coming to pass and how all this stuff we see, the stage being set for the Antichrist, the one world government, the mark of the beast. Forget about the Bible talks about any of that stuff because here's the contradiction. We found it. Destroy your <laughs> Might as well just eat, drink, and be merry. Yes. So uh, uh, while, while you uh, listen and obviously watch our complete sarcasm, why don't you type in your answer? Well, what do you think? Uh, what, what's your, what would you say if someone brought this up to you on the street? And they said, here's a contradiction of the Bible. Why don't you give us your thoughts? And uh, we're looking forward to reading the comments. Um, but Brother Brian, what is the answer? Well, again, like you said, some of these are very simple. So what is the answer to this apparent error in the Bible? Either it's a different blind man, because Jesus healed lots of people. He had a three and a half year ministry. John says that if everything he'd written, everything he did was written down, the earth itself could not contain the books. So it's either two different accounts of two different people, or what I think it is, and I don't have the exact specifics, but I know that Jericho, the way the city is geographically, Mm -hmm. you can go in the city and out of the city. Right. And depending on where it is, it could just be a few feet and you're in the city and out of the city. I know Pensacola, you'd... You drive in Pensacola, say Pensacola, then you'd be in this city, and then you'd be in Pensacola, right. and then Pensacola Township, and then Pensacola. And it was very confusing, but that's yeah. that's a common thing. That's my point. You could go into Jericho and out of Jericho in the same, you know, within a half an hour or something. Yeah, yeah so, and again, either one. just common sense, giving the Bible the benefit of doubt because it is always right and we're wrong. Amen. That's why we want to know your, your explanation on this. But, I mean, we see that, um, I think about just as you're talking about that example, how you can go in and out of one city. That's true right there in uh, Lincoln Park. I mean, literally, if you just go north, just five minutes, it says, welcome to Detroit. And then if you travel, you know, either east or west, you're in a different city. But then if you're on that same road, you're back into Lincoln Park again. You know, so, I mean, there's all these examples. Yeah. And we know this. And, and again, we don't go through life and saying, well, that sign's a contradiction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, well, you're telling a lie because you said you traveled this road and you went to Detroit and you're back in Lincoln Park or you left Lincoln Park. No, we realize that geography and territory is not on a straight line. Yeah. You know, it goes around train and valleys and different things. And. And so, again, a lot of this is just common sense, not having a critical spirit towards the Word of God. And uh, I think your, your answer is spot on. I'll be interested to read what uh, the viewers and the listeners have to say. I'll take the next one. I want to, I the apparent contradiction is how did Judas Iscariot oh. die? My uncle oh. showed me this one. He said the Bible's got mistakes, and he gave me that answer. Oh, so this is interesting. This is one that, in I say real life in life, someone yeah. gave you. And again, so this is uh, why these should be helpful. Write them down. Pray about them. Seek out what you think. And I'll give you what I believe the answer is. And Brother Brian can add anything if he thinks differently. But let's read the apparent contradiction first. Matthew chapter 27, verse 5 um, says this. And he cast down the piece of silver in the temple. I'm sorry, and he cast on the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. 
the Bible's pretty clear that in Matthew chapter 27, what Judas did, he went out and hanged himself. Well, you go over to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. Hmm. It says this. Again, speaking of Judas Iscariot. Well, a little context here. Well, let's... Uh, Verse 16, and, the men and, and men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before, before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus, for he was numbered with us, he obtained part of this ministry. Now here it is. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder hmm. in the midst of and all his bowels gushed out. That doesn't sound the same as Matthew chapter uh -oh. 27. Here he fell head first. And then, yeah, I've seen at least reenactments of hangings or hangings in old westerns, and that doesn't happen. Yeah, falling headlong and a burst asunder in the midst, and his bowels are gushing out. I mean, this he fell and uh, had quite the fall. What kind of hanging is that? Yeah, exactly. So uh, Contradiction. I've I've read some answers that I I don't think are true. Um, I'll give you just a moment, but uh, well, I'll give a moment for people to type this. I actually read this that someone says, well, when he was hung, he must have been hung and he fell from a high place and just the pressure from the rope um, falling made him. He fell head first while he's hung, and therefore the whiplash of the rope made his balls gush out. I don't think that's the answer. I really don't. Do you remember, and, and we've seen publicly, nationally, a, uh, it was on television, a hanging from high. Do you remember when they hung Saddam Hussein? Do you remember watching Vaguely. That? I think so what they did it. is they walked him up a high tower. And that, I think they, like, either, I can't remember if they pushed him off or they let, like, a door fall from underneath him. But he didn't just, like, hang from a rope from, like, six feet. I mean, he fell, I would say, easily... 20 to 40 feet. I can't remember how high, really? but I mean, yeah, his body like fell huh. down head first. And of course what happens is just whiplash breaks his neck and he's dead pretty instantly. Um, but it wasn't just like he, they hung him from a tree. He actually fell pretty far, but his bowels didn't gush out and yeah. let it happen. So I don't believe that's the answer. Hopefully I gave you enough time. I do believe that if you study some other references and we said, this is how you kind of uh, try to, Look at these apparent contradictions. Sometimes you got to read references around it, see what else is happening. Yeah. And I think you can come up with the answer. Uh, but let me just state this. Both are true. Jesus, Jesus, Judas did hang himself. And Judas did fall head first. And Judas did have his bowels gush out like the Bible says. You say, how is that possible? Well, I believe the answer lies in Matthew chapter 27 and verse... 54, I'll back up to verse 50. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Behold, the veil of the temple is rent in twain, from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. Mm. The graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And uh, the whole point there, those are the verses I wanted to read. When Jesus gives up a ghost, there's this great earthquake. Mm. And so much so that the veil was rent from top to the bottom. I'm not saying that's why it was rent, because earthquake. But nevertheless, there's this great earthquake there. And so think about it. If Jesus, Judas goes out and hangs himself, 
there his body is until this great earthquake. It's very reasonable to say whatever they connected Judas or whatever he hung himself on, either the branch broke, the rope broke, whatever it is, broke, and therefore he fell headlong, and then he falls, bursts asunder, just as the Bible says. Yeah. So both are true. Yes. Just like the Bible amen. says. So I don't know if you have anything to add, but no, I know that's my answer. So. Yeah, amen. Amen. I think it's because of the earthquake. And, and there he was, that body hanging. And when the earthquake happened, the rest of the Acts 118 is fulfilled. So uh, Matthew 27, 5 is fulfilled when he literally goes out and hangs himself. Acts 118, I believe it's fulfilled after the earthquake. And he falls head first, just like the Bible says. So I, I got something to add on that because yeah. my uncle brought that up. And he knows the Bible pretty well, and he's a Catholic, and he baptizes and does the Lord's Supper and all that. But I got saved at, uh, at 19, so I'm probably 20, 21 years old, and he shows me this. And I figured out either I had heard already, but I, I gave him the answer to that Judas one. Or there's two accounts of creation in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and they don't match. And he gave me some of these famous contradictions. Well, I answered the Judas one, and years later, he still brought it up again. And recently, he was uh, we were there and discussing the authority of the Bible, and I told him the Bible doesn't have any mistakes, and he brought up the Judas thing again. Wow. I answered the thing twice for the guy, right. and he still brought it up, which shows the root heart issue yeah. of the matter and the reason why God puts those in there. It's not an intellectual problem. When you find mistakes in the That's Bible, right. it's not an intellectual problem. It's a heart issue. It's not two and two is four. Okay, now it's four, but then the next time you read it, you, you think it's five. Like That's what's going on here. I answered the question. Is, that's... Some of these are a stretch. That one's not a stretch. Not at all. It makes perfect sense. There was an earthquake. He hung himself. If there was an earthquake and he fell and his bowels got out, that's, that's easy to believe. It's yeah. not that much of a stretch. But this guy just, he didn't want, it didn't matter what the answer was. Jesus Christ would come down himself and give him the answer. It wouldn't matter because it's a wicked, evil heart that's a, that a lost man is going to have toward the word of God. And your heart issue toward that's this it. word determines what you get out of it and whether you get saved or lost. Or if you are saved, it determines if you're some proud, egotistical jackrabbit who, who thinks you found all these mistakes in the Bible. And the Bible means whatever you think it means or whatever John MacArthur says it means or whatever your favorite preacher or right. college professor thinks it means. That's not the authority. The word of God is the critic. That's Amen. your authority, but I'm going off. So no, I'll no, stop. that's good. I'm glad you're going <laughs> off. Good preaching there, brother, and uh, praise the Lord for that. And, you know, it makes you just wonder. Um, I, you know, I, we can surmise and we can kind of kind of come to a conclusion, but why would a man, I've never <laughs> met this gentleman, why would a man want to constantly undermine I know. God's word? It's like, what is your point? Well, I believe the point is, so again, we'll go back to it. So they can be their own God. Yes. So they can be That's their own it. authority. They don't want anything to tell them how to live. They don't want anything yep. to govern their life. They don't want that there's word of God is the words of God. Therefore, I must believe them and obey them. No, I don't really like this verse. So I'll go to the Greek. No, I don't really like this That's verse. It. It's a contradiction. And therefore, they are the final authority. And uh, yeah, it's definitely um, evil. And that is, I believe, the motive. So what? Let's let's take another one. Let's take another error apparent error in the bible what do you got for us brother matthew 27 9 i can't find the one verse matthew 27 9 then was fulfilled that's what the third um that which was spoken by jeremy the prophet saying and they took the 30 pieces of silver the price of him that was valued whom they of the children of israel did value so i'm going to find that verse and read it so so far no problem 11, 12. And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. So far, so good, right? Right. 
But there's one big problem. Do you know where I was reading from in the Old Testament? Wasn't Jeremiah. It was Zechariah 11:12, which matches what Matthew with Judas and the 30 pieces of silver. Right. But that's in Zechariah. I did not read you from Jeremiah because the verse does not exist in Jeremiah. Jeremiah never said that, but yet it, Jeremiah never wrote that in the book of Jeremiah, but yet it says, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying they took the 30 pieces of silver. So that's a really good mistake in the Bible. Sure. It says in the book of Jeremiah, it mentions 30 pieces of silver. I didn't read from Jeremiah because, trust me, try to find it. You won't. It's not in Jeremiah. Amen. Amen. It's in Zechariah. Bam, there's a mistake. Right. Let's call it a night. No more podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we might as well cancel the word of a king. And uh, But uh, we'll give you a moment. What you, what's your thoughts? Type in your answer. What does the Bible mean there when it said in verse 9, Matthew 27, 9, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jer Jeremy the prophet. So it's not in the book of Jeremiah. He read it in the book of Zacharias. So what do you think? Just out of curiosity, I grabbed, what is this, a New American Standard Bible? And like I said, and this confirms what, what I'm going to show you, that almost every one of these so-called contradictions, they're in all the Bibles. It's right. not a King James issue. I'm actually going to, I got a couple that I will get in that is sure. kind of a King James thing. But it, it's in the Greek, the underlying Greek or Hebrew text, sure. almost all of these. So it, it's not a King James issue. They're in all the Bibles have these supposed contradictions. Matthew 27, 9, New American Standard. God forgive me for reading this. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, and they took the 30 pieces of silver. So it, it doesn't say Zechariah in the New Bibles. None of them do, which they shouldn't because... None of the Greek texts from which they are, I watch my wording technically because I don't want to say originals because that's the lies. And, but yeah, the Greek texts from which all the Bibles are taken all say Jer Jeremiah. They don't, none of them say Zechariah. So it's not a King James issue. Right. So give the viewers, listeners, maybe another minute. And I, I know I think I brought this truth out already in another podcast, but just to give them another minute to type in their answer what they think. And I, I find it very, very fascinating that the Lord Jesus Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Because if you go back there and look at the value of the man at Jesus Christ's age, I believe, uh, I didn't look at the reference, but I think it's 50 pieces of silver. That's what the value of a man is. But 30 pieces of silver was the value of a woman. And of course, that truth is Jesus Christ died for his bride. Mm -mm. That's why it's 30 pieces of silver see he didn't die for himself good he died for you and i his bride he died for the price of a woman and uh just another little nugget of truth in the <laughs> bible uh but you gave them enough we give them enough time to type in their answer take him a little hint yeah go ahead something that goes along with this is acts 20 i believe it's verse 35 where paul is before the ephesian elders this will kind of give you a hint where Paul says, Remember ye the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you know where that is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? Top of my head, I would say Matthew. It's not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, but Paul said, Remember ye the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same kind of contradiction sure. or mistake. Sure. And... I don't know if you want me to give the answer? Yeah, you go ahead and give him the answer now. It doesn't say it was written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. He says, as spoke Jeremiah. It doesn't say Jeremiah wrote it. Right. I'm guessing that Jeremiah in his 30, 40, 50, 60 right. years of, of life on earth said more than what was written in the 52 chapters of Jeremiah. That's very uh, logical. And that's a very you know intelligent 
argument, right? I mean, right. <laughs> Jeremiah spoke it. I didn't say it was written in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke it. He spoke it. It just wasn't written down, which is fine. Same, same truth. And I knew this answer, so I should have got the other one right. Same, same truth of what about the Lord Jesus Christ there, right? That he's quoting. He right. said it. John said if everything he did, the earth itself could not contain the book. So Jesus Christ said plenty that wasn't in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Amen. And he talked to Paul, too, I believe. Yeah. Right. We saw that in Acts right. 9. He right. talked to Paul, and he appeared other times and talked to Paul. Yeah. So he could have just told Paul that on his own. So uh, obviously both, I mean, obviously it is true that Jeremiah said it, Zechariah recorded it. Right. That, that reference there. So there is no contradiction. There is no error. And the fact that the Bible correctly said, then was fulfilled, that which was spoken by Jeremiah, Jeremy the prophet. Anyway, so yeah, that's, that's just good truths. Again, we're just building principles that uh, you should uh, remember when you have these apparent contradictions. Just consider, read the words carefully. Yep. See what it just says. One word gives you the answer. Yeah. And don't let someone else build a straw man or build the argument for you. Don't let them frame the question because sometimes the question is framed wrong. That makes it the contradiction. If you read what the Bible says, you'll find out, no, it's not what the Bible said. And that's a prime example of that. That's studying the Bible. We've shown this in other lessons on rightly dividing the word of truth where there's 10 virgins in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. Then is the kingdom of heaven likened unto 10 virgins, and five were wise and five were foolish. And then they had to wait for his coming. Then the five that didn't have it missed the rapture. There you go. The church goes through the tribulation. Hmm. You know what they got wrong? Not one word. One letter. Mm. The letter S. And I was reading kind of a side note. We were studying up and dealing with some hyper-dispensationalists, and they do that. They use that proof verse to show that the church is not the bride of Christ because the, the virgins go through the tribulation. No, Mr. Hyper, you're off on one letter, the letter S. The church is a chaste virgin. That's good. Singular, we are one. Right. But the tribulation saints are virgins, plural, as in Revelation 7, Revelation 14, 144,000. I wouldn't give you a number. That's how many virgins, plural, there are. So that one letter helps you understand the whole thing and avoid heresy. Also, another thing along the Acts 20, and as said Jeremy, is Book of Jude quotes Enoch, mm -hmm. which is well, before the flood, so it's yeah. like 2400 B.C., 2500 B.C., and he says ungodly and all their ungodly deeds, which That's ungodly sinners. Yeah. I mean, wonderful. It's, I'm it's, glad it's recorded what he spoke, said. what he said. Yeah, yeah but the, then they try to find the pseudepigrapha, the New Testament apocrypha about the epistle of Enoch or the... Yeah. All, is that what they call the Epistle of Enoch? Yeah, yeah, right. They find this book. You don't have to have a book. He just said it. Yeah. How wait? How did Jude twenty five hundred years ago know what Enoch preached? I don't, people frame this stuff like this. How right. did they know what this guy said and no one? God told him what he said. Yeah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. What's the problem here? I don't yeah. get it. I don't get it either. <laughs> That's the thing about just simply believing the word of God. We we yes. stated over and over. Yes, there was God used over forty different men to pen the book, but there's one author. Yes. That author's God Almighty. He knows what's going on. And so when we have that extra details in the book of Jude about what Enoch preached, man, it is a fantastic sermon. There's so mm. much truth there that you're not going to find in Genesis where it talks about Enoch or anywhere else. But that's but everything you need to know about Enoch is in the Word of God. Yes. You don't need to go to anywhere else. No. Moving on, let me uh, take uh, the next uh, contradiction. Did I just go? Who went? You just went. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take Jeremiah. this next one. Yep. Mm hmm so the next one is how many fallen? How many are how many are fallen? That's so a good one. This comes in First Corinthians chapter ten, 
verse 8, the Bible says, Neither let us commit fornication, if some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. All right, obviously this is a reference back to Numbers chapter 20, uh, 25, but here it says that fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Twenty-three thousand. Yep, twenty-three thousand there. So now we get to Numbers chapter 25, and this is the account here. And you see the, just the context. Verse 1, And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. So this kind of ties in with the fornication we read with in the same account and all that. But anyways, skip down to verse 9. The Bible says, And those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand. So 1 Corinthians 10 oh, says 23,000. That's a good one. <laughs> Numbers chapter 25 says 24,000. Well, preacher, that's definitely a contradiction. You're not going to be able to explain this. There's no answer to it. And so the King James Bible is wrong. Well, what say you, listener, viewer? What do you think the answer is? And again, I can just simply go back and tell you uh, to trust the Word of God. The answer is there. Maybe apply some of these principles that we've already told you, that we've already talked about with these other examples, and see if you can come up with the answer. Are you checking uh, one of the new yeah. versions? Just see what it says. First uh, Corinthians matches. It says twenty three thousand. Okay. Just kind of confirming yeah. what I said. It's a textual issue. It doesn't. It's right. not a translational issue. And Almost all of these. Number twenty five nine. Yeah. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague were twenty four thousand. Yeah. So that's like a you tough said, one. So like you said, brother, <laughs> you're spot on. This is not. A King James issue. This is a, that's why we called it the heirs in the Bible. Of course, yeah. we are definitely not defending the new versions because they create plenty of true contradictions yep. <laughs> and errors, and we'll do a whole podcast on that. But we're showing you this. They try to frame this conversation as a King James issue. This is not a King James issue. This is a manuscript issue. This, this is the Word of God issue. But more than that, as we've said plenty of times, this is God trying your heart issue. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's evil... I mentioned my uncle who's lost, and he wants to destroy the lost person, the devil, anybody. They want to destroy your faith in the Word of God so that your faith will be in the Catholic Church or the Muslim Church or the atheist or evolution. But save people do this. And I've heard story after story after story. I can read you accounts. Dr. Ruckman's got a lot of these accounts in some of his writings and appendices in the back of his different books of students who, student, I know one personally, Gary Ferkel, who was at Bob Jones, and he dedicated the book King James Only, or the Arizona King James to this man. I know the man personally today. And but what they do, these Christian schools, whether it be right. Bob Jones or, I don't know, I'm not going to rattle off, I don't know for sure, I'm, but certainly the liberal ones, but even the so-called conservative sure. ones that I read Both Bob Jones' statement of faith last night, right. and it said they use only the King James. Right. But these schools and the professors in the classroom, in the Bible classrooms, in the Greek, be careful, keep, uh, you parents, before you send your kids off these schools, yeah. by the way, but they go on these, this is a Christian college, the Greek professor, the Hebrew professor, even just a Bible class, you're going there to learn about how to be a nurse or whatever, and you're going to take a Bible class, they're going to show you mistakes in the Bible. Right. But they're not going to show you the answer like we are. Well, they won't show you the answer because they don't want you to know the answer, or they're probably too dumb, they don't know the answer. But they're not going to try to make you an atheist or worship evolution. They're not going to do that because no. these people, I'm sure most of them are saved. Sure. Why would they do that? They're doing it to destroy your faith in the Word of God. And not just the King James, any Bible. Right. To what end? 
yeah. to have you place your faith in them. That's it. The institution or the man. Yeah. That is of the devil. It's straight out of hell. I don't know. Forget the King James, whatever side you take on that. That is straight out of hell to destroy anyone's faith, to have it placed in a man so he can tell you what the Word of God is and that he doesn't even know and he's going to find all these mistakes but not tell you what the answer is. And, yeah, Th that's evil. And like you said, it's of the devil. It's satanic, and again ties right back to the garden. Yea, hath God yes. said, and you shall be gods. Right? That's what he, that's what the serpent told Eve, and that's what these profess professors yes. are. These scholars are. They want to be the gods. They want to be the final authority. They want to tell you you have to come to them. And there's no way uh, Kenneth Weiss, my Greek critique, the untranslatable <laughs> riches of the King James Bible, and it's a small book. I can't remember. Maybe just 175 pages or whatever it is. And his whole thesis of this book, and he spends all this time in the introduction and how how rich the Greek language is. And there's no way that the King James uh, translators could ever properly translated uh, the Greek text into English. But do you know what he does the rest of the book? Translates the Greek text yeah, into English. He can do it. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah. But these mighty scholars who knew all these languages and you know dedicate their life, they weren't capable. But oh, Kenneth Weist is. He's the authority. He's the God. Come to him for the answer. So you're right. It is Satan. And, and the funny thing is, Kenneth Weiss, that book is probably written in 60s, 70s. There's Greek professors since him that'll find all the mistakes Kenneth Weiss made. Yeah. It never ends. Right. Exactly. Exactly. These so, guys don't agree among themselves. There's no consistency. They can find thousands of contradictions. All these Greek texts that come out, they, they correct the previous Nessel Allen's 27, 28. We'll find a bunch of new yeah. translations and readings that they've unearthed that, or that through talking amongst the expert scholars, they'll find, wait a minute, actually this verse should be in there. And yeah. they switch all the time. They're no, they are no authority. They'll correct every single verse in any Bible. Yeah. They'll make the Bible say literally whatever they want it to say. Absolutely. And uh, so what, what, what kind of faith there. is that? I mean, literally, I just, I don't understand it. But thank God you can go to the yeah, James man. Bible, the words of God, you can believe it. So you say, what is the answer? Yes. Well, the answer is true. Both of them are true. Again, Numbers 25, verse 9 Said of the plague, twenty four thousand fell. That's true. That's true. First Corinthians chapter ten verse eight said twenty three thousand had fallen, and that's true. Uh -oh. You say, where's the answer? Well, the answer is in the verse. Let me read to you First Corinthians chapter ten verse eight again, and see if you pick it up. The answer is in the verse in verse eight. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed. And fell in one day three and twenty thousand. The answer is, in one day there fell twenty three thousand. There it is. What died as a total? What fell as a total was twenty four thousand. Meaning they died after that one day. Another thousand people. It doesn't tell you how many days after, but in one day twenty three thousand fell. But the total was 24,000. And again, so hmm. it's simple, it's clear, yeah. the Word of God says it, but if those questions are framed in such a manner, the devil come to you and say, yes. listen, so you can't trust the Word of God. It says 23,000 here, but look at this contradiction, it says 24,000. Brethren, you can trust the Word of God. The problem is Brother Brian was singing uh, on the end of no, last yeah. uh, podcast. <laughs> was the problem's not with the book, the problem's with you, the Amen. problem's with me. And we just simply don't understand everything. We don't know everything. That's perfectly fine. But just the takeaway is this. Trust this book. Believe this book. Ask God to give you the answer. 
So, Brother Brian, let's probably take maybe one more, yeah. and then maybe we'll close out. Yeah, we'll take okay. one more. And uh, now this one is a King James issue. Okay, the this new the one. new Bibles correct this problem. Uh oh, this is one of the mistakes that's only in the King James because they were a bunch of dummies. I'm interested X, in this one. Acts 7, we'll read verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Clearly, that's Joshua. Moses dies. Joshua yeah. leads them in. It's, it's obviously Joshua that led them in. And the new Bibles all say Joshua. I'll read another one in Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. And that's talking about the time of Joshua. Right. The new Bibles all say Joshua. It is true that Joshua did lead them in. But Acts 7 and Hebrews 4 both say Jesus. And that's a mistake. You know, I don't know what we would do without these scholars. I, I just, you know, how did they make that error? Those King James translators, those awful, you know, they just must not have known the Greek like they do. <laughs> they must not have understood the Hebrew like they do. And why in the world, Brother Ryan, why in the world would they change Jesus to Joshua? That is, you know, this is why you need to get a new version, right? No, obviously not. But uh, just the the uh idea behind it and i'm gonna turn back over to you but the idea behind that you know you need some scholar to show you know correct the king james bible and they they corrected it and it should have been joshua those uh king james translators just didn't know better i was on a a, a forum recently a little thread a little post and brother it was just uh this is that slippery slope and supposedly this is a bible believer group and some guy posted i don't remember his name his name is irrelevant but he said well what do you think about just changing uh the tense of the words like you know get rid of the eths and the and you know and he was asking all these bible leaders you know well, let's just modernize it we won't change the text let's just modernize it no when you when you update it and you modernize it you are changing the text and we pointed out in in the podcast about does god love sinners the tense is mm. important the wrath of god abideth that's present tense for god so loved that's past tense. So, no, I don't believe in updating any of it. <laughs> it's pure, perfect, preserved, inspired. Why would I update it? Who am I? But obviously, these scholars had to update Jesus to Joshua because they knew better. <laughs> so, anyways, brother. What's funny, you mentioned that. I was reading some Daniel Wallace stuff who used to be a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, or he still is, and super smart guy, one of the experts in Greek. And he talked about that, how it's just absurd that when Tyndale talked about the every plowman shall have the word in his language, and yet we King James people are dumbing them down and say they have to, I trow not and suffer the little children to come unto me. And these words are have changed and charity, and that doesn't mean this. And there are King James' archaic language, which there are very, very, very few examples of very words. Very few. Very few. Almost all of them are not archaic. Right. Just because we're ignorant people doesn't mean... Yeah. And people learn new words all the time for their job or for technology or anything to do with computers or apps and all that. You learn new words and people sure. just learn new words. It's okay to learn new words. It's not a big deal. But what's so hilarious, their solution to that 
is having to learn Greek and Hebrew. Right. Oh, right. yeah, that's much easier than looking up a few words in 1828 Webster. Yeah. Amen, brother. And then uh, I'm sure you've read in Dr. Vance's book. Oh, yes. Words. It's and, so good, yes. And then I think in that book, um, he points out how these supposedly archaic yep. words are used every day in newspapers yes. and everything. Yeah. They're not archaic. They just don't it's like them. It's a joke. And like you said, not only, not only brother, do they, uh, and I can't think of examples top of my head, maybe you know some, but not only do their solution is to go to the Greek, sometimes when you read their solution, in English, uh, I don't even understand what the, you know. They change words that are like not easier. Yes, they make it hard. I got a long list, like a hundred words right. in the NIV, archaic words in the NIV, and I've shown it to people, but I don't show them it's NIV, and they're right. like, "Yeah, see, the King James is archaic." Like, nope, that's NIV. Right. They right. change green to verdant. They yeah. change house to wadi. They change river to whatever. They change nations to goyim, which yeah. is the Hebrew word for the, the Gentiles. On they on. purposely make it difficult, and there's a reason why we can get into that. You know, absolutely, brother. So the <laughs> point is, again, uh, a lot of these men. Are professional liars. Yes, it's not about because it's archaic or too hard. They'll they'll make they'll oh, put yeah. English words in there that are more archaic and harder to understand. Yeah, and then again, the, ultimately their solution is go learn some Koine Greek or Hebrew. Yeah, I mean, good night. I'd rather get a dictionary and just <laughs> look up that one word. And most of the time, as we stated, they're not even archaic. No, but um, let's go back. We've given plenty of time uh, for them type in their answer and. Go back and kind of talk about this. Well, one. another thing I heard Doc say, they talk about the these and the thou's and nobody understands them. Well, they don't update the hymn book, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. Yeah. They still sing that today. Yeah. They so, don't care about the archaic words. So, well, yeah, the now, ones that now, do anyway. Now, now a lot of the contemporaries are not even singing hymns anymore. Yeah, that's but, true. That's but another no, but issue. But your point is well taken, brother. And, you know, they, uh, it's it's attack on the Word of God. I can't say how people don't see this. And that is satanic. It's of the devil. Yes. Uh, they're trying to steal your that. faith. In what God said. And we're trying to establish your faith to build you up. Not in our opinion, but what says what the Word of God says. Well, as Dr. Ruckman says, all mistakes in the Bible are advanced revelations. And anytime he yeah. says the King James corrects the Greek and you get advanced revelation, Absolutely. I'd love to do a podcast on that someday. I've got some good stuff on that that shows you the English corrects the Greek. Absolutely. The English corrects, the King James corrects Webster sometimes and yeah. gives you advanced, amazing revelations. But here, the King James supposedly mistranslated, so you're going to learn a great truth by that. Number one, first of all, the, the word for Jesus and and Joshua are the same Greek word. Amen. Jehoshua. Joshua is called Jehoshua, Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus saves, Jehovah, or Jehovah saves. Right. It's the same word. So it's not a mistranslation. You can translate it either way. So grammatically. Let me just throw a comment in there. And again, we talked about this, I don't think, on the podcast, but a little bit before, is this is what oftentimes these Bible correctors do. They'll say it's a mistranslation. Yep. Well, they're lying to you, and yes. they know they're lying to you. Because you know how I know they know they're lying to you? Because they know the Greek better than I do. Yeah, yeah. And they know that Greek word does mean both. But they're not going to tell you that. They're just going to undermine the Word of God. And they do this time and time again. No what it is, is they don't either A, understand it, or like that it says Jesus. But it is not a mistranslation. That is the no. same Greek word for the same name so um, but anyways go on right deuteronomy 31 3 so here's the advanced revelation you're going to get that you're not going to get with the new bible the the lord thy god this is talking to moses saying he's about to die and yeah. going to go into land the lord thy god he will go over before thee and he will destroy these That's nations it. from before thee and thou shalt possess them and joshua he shall go over before thee as the lord has said so joshua and god himself will lead them into the land right read joshua 5 verse 12 Verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, 
And behold, there stood a man over against go. him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Same thing, wow. Jehovah, Exodus 3 burning bush so the captain Hebrews 2.10 Jesus Christ yep. is called the captain of our salvation the angel of the Lord we don't have time to get into that but if you know your Bible study angel of the Lord it's it's God it's a it's an earthly appearance of God a theophany they call it in the Old Testament and it's Jesus Christ the angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ Jesus Christ did lead them yeah. with Joshua. The King James just gave you advanced revelation in Acts 7.45 and Hebrews 4, whatever the other verse was. Yeah. And that is Jesus Christ did indeed, as the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, lead them into the land. It's not a mistake, and it's a beautiful translation that gives you advanced light that the New Bibles don't. The New Bibles don't, and the Greek text doesn't either. Nope. It's an advanced revelation. Again, we will do a whole podcast on how the English yes, is amazing. advanced revelation. And that's one of them mm. right there. And, you know, Like again, Easter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pascha. Again, this is just shows that I think you can kind of tie in the motives and kind of tie in this kind of theme. Like, as we show you this kind of thread, how to answer this, you'll also see that these objections have a common thread also, common theme also. And their focus, listen, their focus is always on man instead mm -hmm. of God. So no wonder they want to remove Jesus and put Joshua there. Because, see, ultimately their focus is on man. But as you stated so good and so clearly, it was Jesus who led them. And you have that advanced revelation there. As the King James Bible properly states, the captain of the host, that Christophany, the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, he does lead them through, and therefore, the Bible gives Jesus the credit. Mm. Yes, we know that Amen. he uses Joshua, he uses a man, but the focus ought to always be, as the Bible says, giving him the preeminence, and it truly was God. It was the Lord Jesus Christ appearing in the Old Testament, and what a beautiful advanced revelation in the King James Bible, and I think that's just a beautiful mm. way to end. Any, any final comments before I close this out? Uh, Psalm 138.2 is a good one. It says, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's, it's wonderful. And again, we're, we're going to close out. We appreciate you tuning in to the Word of a King podcast. And again, brethren, all, all we want to leave you with these last two podcasts is you don't have to know all the answers, but don't let the devil, don't let the professors, and don't let those with a PhD behind their name to come and steal the word of God from your heart. If there, someone asks you a question you can't answer, that's okay, so I don't know. Yeah. But just know this, the answer is in the English King James Bible. Until next time, as always, we pray that you do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you fall in love with him. Yeah. And you're going to do that by falling in love with his book. Until next time, God bless. The key to understand the word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.